0: I have a very special guest, Jason, on with me. Jason, how do you pronounce your last name? Langsdorf. Langsdorf. Awesome. And what what origin is that? Because I'm curious.
1: No idea. Uh, no idea. My my family tree is is like an orphan branch. Um, at some point, somebody spelled their name wrong, and so I'm the only only Langsdorf uh, with this spelling.
0: That's awesome. Well, between <laughs> Langsdorf and Dessen, people are just going to have a heyday trying to uh, trying to share this with others. Emmett, what's going on, man? It's good to see you. Um, obviously, we got some people trickling up um, on this thing. Um, but again, very excited. So today we're going to talk about So Jason. I've been following Jason for a bit now. Um, and uh, he tweeted something the other day. And I was like, man, like I, I really would love to pick his brain and kind of see what he's doing and, and his crew. Um, and so we're going to dive into that. Um, Erica, what's up? Good morning. Good morning. So Jason is a busy man and I want to get him back to doing what he does best. And that's being the VP of developer experience. So Jason, if you want to introduce yourself, tell the people who you are, what you do, where you reside, by the way, Portland is the shit. I love (laughs) Portland. So I went there on a road trip two years ago, but, um, anyways, Jason, take it away, buddy.
1: Yeah, uh, so I'm Jason. I work at Netlify and I also host a show called Learn with Jason, where I pair program with people in the in the community to learn things and, and share what we're learning. Uh, I live in Portland, Oregon, which is uh my it's personally it's my favorite Portland. I I, I think it might be yours as well. Yeah. Um, if you're from Portland, Maine, like hey, that's also cool. Listen, Portland,
0: <laughs> Tennessee is pretty lit. You haven't been there yet. Is there a Portland really Tennessee no one has. There's a Portland, Tennessee too. Oh wow. You don't, you, you don't really want to go, but <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's
1: really the short version, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So Jason, so, so I know, so we got people chiming in what's going on, Emmett doing the dishes. I love it. Joe, what's going on? William, what's up, dude? It was good to see you this morning, by the way. Um, was it with, with the egghead crew this morning, David, um, Steven, what's going on? So, all right, Jason, so, so you tweeted something about retaining top talent, or taking care of your people. I was like, man, like I really want to pick Jason's brain. So the biggest thing that I'm seeing today's market is, is keeping top talent, especially in the engineering Mm -hmm. side of things. Right. And and obviously with a company like yourself, um, you know, I'm sure y'all have your own host of problems, but I'm curious for hiring managers and and leadership watching this now or in the future, what's just some general advice that you will give that you give people right now um, with, with kind of retaining top talent, um i don't know some some nuggets of jason that that you could start out on
1: i I would say the the biggest one is is recognizing that you know especially right now people are toast we have been inside for 14 months we are all like the vast majority of people i know in tech have been using work as a way of maintaining some semblance of normalcy through a Mm. pandemic um we are all Nobody's been on vacation, nobody's really seen their friends and family, we haven't been able to have new experiences. And as a result, we're all f- like a little bit pent up here, right? And so right. I think we're seeing that with so many people are changing jobs right now. And, right. and so if, w- what I'm pushing for on, on our side at Netlify is give people space, let right. people have some time off. Now that thing, you know, people are getting vaccinated, people are able to safely go and travel, um, give them space to do that, right? And yeah. and also keeping in mind that the last thing that somebody wants when they are feeling completely overwhelmed is to have to add an extra chore to coordinate time off. So if you can swing it as an org, if nobody's taken vacation days in the last 14 months, just schedule company-wide vacation days. So uh, an huh. example of that, at Netlify, what we just did is um, we added Juneteenth as a, a company holiday, Love so that. Friday was a day off. Love that. But we also know everybody's been burned out, so we also added yesterday as a an extra company wide day off. So everybody at Netlify got a four day weekend last week, and and we Perfect. did that at the leadership level specifically because we know how hard it is when you're working in a role where if I'm out, who covers for me? Who has to take over my extra work? Who's gonna deal with stuff? But if the whole company's out, I don't have to figure that out. We're just we'll get back to it on Tuesday, so right? Good. Um, and so so as leadership, like think about that. Look at your PTO usage, look at look at whether or not anybody's actually taking their time off. And if you can swing it, give the whole company days off to give them space to recharge. Uh, we're doing this throughout the summer, one Friday per per month, uh from now until August. The whole company is just building in a three-day weekend, so we have extra time. So good, like be separated and and have you know have some space for ourselves, uh, and and that sort of thing. You know, there are companies that are going even further. There are some companies that just all of summer they do four day work weeks, and uh, and there are some companies that are experimenting with straight up like only four day work weeks. And this is sort of what I'm seeing with retaining top talent is that we can't pay Netflix prices. You know, we can't give people the the huge like half million dollar salaries. That's not in the budget for the vast majority of companies. So we can't compete on salary, which means we need to compete on lifestyle. How so good is good. your life when you work for this company? And we, you know we have to deliver on that promise that if you come here and you're going to get work-life balance, you're going to get it. So you know we we offer four weeks of PTO. Um, that's in addition to I think 14 company holidays a year. Wow. So you're basically getting you know six weeks of of time off every year. Um, and because people have trouble scheduling that, sometimes we do the coordinated days off. Right. Uh, you know, we we have other allowances and and things that we're doing to make sure that people have like a good work from home budget. Where we're staying fully remote. We we were already fully remote, but right. We we went so far as like we don't even have a headquarters anymore. We we used to have one in San Francisco. We we we're not going to do that again. Yeah. Um, so we're fully remote now, right? That's like we. Awesome. Um. And and so all of those things are are really built around this idea of. If we can't go out and pay Fang salaries, right. we have to beat them on lifestyle. Gosh, so this is a 40 so hour, it's a 40 hour work week. We're gonna show up in your DMs and yell at you if you're working on the weekend. We're not gonna high five you and say, yeah, way to go the extra mile. It's like, no, mm. take care of yourself. You're no good to anybody if you burn out in six months. Right? And so and good. we wanna see people stay in tech. We don't wanna yeah. see people kill themselves to work here. And then we see that they're leaving tech a year down the road because they're so burned out. That's, that's not the, the, the way that we want to go. And so where, that's, that's really core for us.
0: Where does this come from? Right. Cause like, I, I don't know. Companies just don't do it. Like companies aren't doing this right. Like at the end of the day, companies still struggle. And so is this like, is this y'all's leadership team? Is this like, I mean, who's driving this? Is it a, is it a group thing? Cause I just don't know why. I mean, we there are so many companies, Jason on site all the time. We're back. And it's like, and then they're not even paying market, let alone like yeah.
1: Netflix. I mean, I think so. Part of it is is you know it's partially driven by leadership, right? So so um, this is something that I advocated for before, before before me, uh, like Sarah Drasner and and yeah. Dalia Havens and other people in leadership at Netlify really pushed for like more time off, take care of people. Um, and so this is this is something that did come from leadership, but it also came from the team. We had multiple people on the team saying this is how I feel. Right. And, and creating that, that sense of trust, that foundation of like, Hey, you can be transparent here. Um, when people don't feel like they can say, I'm feeling super burnt out and I don't know what to do about it. If you don't feel like you can say that you just keep grinding until you fully burn out and then you quit. Right. And so we, we work really hard on making it comfortable and not punishing people if they speak up and you know we get it wrong like we we're not perfect sure. by any means but we're we are working hard on trying to make sure that if if somebody is at the company they feel confident to say i disagree and and yeah. not and and they can say that right to the ceo space you know matt billman our ceo he's that. very good at taking feedback um that. and and that's that's kind of core to our culture um so it, but in terms of like why it doesn't happen like First of all, it doesn't happen because it's when you're buried, like if you're, if you are working and you feel like you, you have a million things that you need to do, everything is on fire. Your leadership team is always in meetings about like, Oh, we're missing this metric, or we need to get this number up. Then when you start saying something like, Hey, we need to think about like the mental health of our team. How do you even define that? Right. It's, it's yet another thing that you have to think about. And a lot of times what I think happens is that it's it's sort of like if you're if you're in a building and you've got a kitchen fire, right? The kitchen fire is the big thing. Hey, we're missing our revenue numbers. Yeah. Um, but if you focus all of your energy on the kitchen fire and you don't notice that all around the building are little dumpster fires, if once you put the kitchen fire out, the rest of the building is on fire. Hmm. And so a lot of it is is recognizing that you know we have to be mindful of the second and third order effects. Like if we lose a lot of our senior engineering talent, they take a lot of contextual knowledge with them. That puts extra stress on everybody else in the organization who then are kind of forced to fill these roles while we try to desperately back hire when we were already understaffed and trying to hire up. This is the most competitive hiring market I've ever seen for senior talent. And if we don't have enough senior talent, we can't mentor early and mid-level talent, which means we can't hire them without completely failing them. So what's the cost to us? Of not dealing with our our burnt out seniors. Yeah. It's astronomically high. Yeah. But if we're if we're looking at, well, also our shipping velocity down and is is down. And also, you know, we're not hitting these these projections that we had for ourselves. It can be really hard to say, okay, well, our solution to that should be to give everybody time off. Like right. it's 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 a it's a really unless you're thinking hard about the way people function, right. it's easy to say, well, we'll give everybody time off once we fix this. But by the time you fix it it'll be too late you've burnt everybody out yeah um and and thinking about like the counterintuitive part of this is that a lot of times we think we can work our way out of problems but the the unfortunate fact is humans don't work that way humans yep. can't work their way out of a problem humans need to work at a balance and and the optimal amount of work is is you know 30 to 50 hours if you work more than that you actually start to make more errors, which means you get less done over time because now you're fixing errors that wouldn't have occurred in right. the first place. Yeah. Um, they did a they did a study with sleep deprivation where yeah. they they figured out that if you get less than uh six hours of sleep a night, you are actually just as mentally impaired as if you were drunk. No way. Um yeah. So basically, you know, if you if My you have been drunk where for the you're last working ten months people, though, then yeah, well, that's what I mean, right? So if you you gotta, you gotta get enough sleep that like, that lets your brain work. You need that detachment of like, your subconscious is one of mo- your most powerful creative and product- productivity tools. Yeah. If you never detach from your work, if you never have a vacation or go for a walk or sit and stare at a wall sometimes, that subconscious part of your brain can't work to make new connections and to, yeah. to understand the way things fit together. And that really hurts your productivity. You get stuck in this, um, The, the, the analogy that I use is like, if you're in a maze, if you're, you're in a hedge maze, all you can see is directly in front of you and behind you. And the next option, just one turn. Right. Right. But if you were to get in a crane and go above the maze, you can map all the way through. Letting your subconscious work take, getting some distance from your work is how you get above the maze. So good. But if you don't think about that as a leadership team, if you don't create that space, people who are in the individual contributor role, they don't always feel confident that they can take that time. Right. That's like as a as a senior dev, you don't always feel like, well, I'm going to take this day off so that I can think Or, or like actually not even take this day off. I need some time to think about this work. So I'm going to schedule a day of no meeting so that I can just stare at a wall and like let these problems percolate a little bit.
0: I did that one time. Uh, and that could tell you the stress that w- we're under right now trying to staff up companies across the country. But I did that one time. I took it, I took an afternoon. It was beautiful outside. There was no humidity, which is not normal for Nashville. <laughs> and I just literally took out my notebook. I didn't have, I had my computer, but I was like just journaling, jotting, and I came up with so many good ideas. I was like, holy crap. Like, why don't I do this more? Mm-hmm. And so that analogy just, that analogy just resonated with me for sure. Yeah. Um, it's,
1: it's been critical to the way that I've developed in my career is, yeah. you know, you got to take those, those, uh, that's why, uh, one of the, the goals that we just set for the company is like, yeah, we've got three weeks of, of PTO. We would encourage you to take two consecutive weeks of PTO in a given no year. One's so that you can that, get man. that distance. No one's saying that. No
0: one's saying that props to y'all. So let me ask you this. So I'm, I'm fascinated. So let's talk about hiring real quick, evaluating okay. talent. And then and I'll get you back on your way, doing your doing your thing in Portland. Um, by the way, next time in Portland, I'm hitting you up. Um, absolutely, I do just some. Um, Proud Mary's mm-hmm. is like my favorite brunch spot. I went there. Me and my wife went there's the only place on our road trip we went twice. Just incredible. <laughs> um, uh, and then Salt and Straw is absolutely. Unreal. Oh, absolutely. Uh, okay,
1: like, you were in oh, Alberta.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I was in the, yeah I was in the Arts District. Is that Alberta? I think. Yeah, it was awesome.
1: Yep. So. Um,
0: let me ask you this I, and I want to get the last question. Cause I, I think this is going to start to be my question, right? So I had Nate Taylor on director of engineering at Pluralsight and I was like, why do you think leadership within tech organizations is so shitty? Now <laughs> I want to, I want to ask you this. I think this is going to be my question from here on out. Cause I'm curious, right? And this kind of goes off what we were talking about and why people don't do it, but just specifically leadership, what you've seen, why do you think it's so shitty? Sometimes. No, it's okay.
1: Sometimes. So I here's what I'll say. I uh I don't think it's shitty on purpose. I think that it's Correct. shitty because I think what happens is that the career progression is I am good as an engineer. So I level up as an engineer. So I now I'm a, a senior. Then you level up as, from senior to staff. And then when you get to staff, they start saying, Well, the way that you level up from here is you start having an organizational impact. You've got to right you know like make the people around you more effective and that naturally leads you toward management. So right. then it's it's sort of like saying um there's an old Mitch Hedberg joke that I love where he said I that because Mitch he was Hedberg. a successful stand-up comedian people have started asking him to do things like write a movie and and uh and you know produce things and he was like that's such a weird thing that's like saying you know hey you're a great chef can you paint? It's like it, it's like sure it's like sort of creatively aligned but they're not the same skill. It's a completely different job. And so a lot of engineering leadership are engineers who never actually got trained to be leaders. So So you, you go into management as a really good individual contributor. And unless you make the effort to go and read the books on leadership, to read the books on team building and establishing trust and what makes people function, you'll end up thinking about engineers, the way that you think about engineering problems and the, the big catch to that is that engineering problems tend to be predictable. Like Mm. the problem space evolves over time. So there's always work to do. But generally speaking, if you solve a problem, you can apply that solution over and over again. And it tends to mostly work. Mm. People are not like that. You can apply the same solution to exactly the same person two days in a row, and you'll get a different result because people aren't predictable the way that machines are predictable. Mm. And so that means that you have to approach management with more of an, uh, an Im- you have to embrace ambiguity. You have to embrace the, the, you know, the capriciousness of, of the way that people are. We feel differently on different days and that's not because we're irrational or because we're unwilling to work with each other, but it's because we're not robots. We have things going on. I'm coming to work one day and it was my birthday. I'm in a great mood. I'm coming to work the next day and I just got into a big fight with a friend of mine and now I'm in a shitty mood. And I'm gonna take the exact same news very differently on those two different days. So as leaders it's very important for us to go out and get that training and I think the problem is is that a lot of us don't know that that's out there Mm. and a lot of us never get the feedback because our as an engineering manager my skip level manager is a director of engineering who used to be an engineer who or who used to be a, a manager of engineers who used to be an engineer they never got the training either so the way that they manage is by treating me like a machine And you know, some, and you'll see that like VPs of engineering are the same way where they've, they've only ever really thought like engineers, they don't think about people and systems of people and the, the way that all those things move and interact and how much of that is built on trust and not process. I I think that a lot of it is that people realize they, they start to think that they can systematize their people, like their whole people team, they can say, oh, We'll just make sure everybody goes through this process and this process and this process and then we'll never have any issues because everybody will check all the boxes. That's why like big enterprise companies are a nightmare of bureaucracy is because instead of like building trust and building cohesive teams, so they build processes to negate the need for trust, but it doesn't work because if you don't trust somebody then the process doesn't work. And you know, it's all it's all a big mess. So yeah, I think at, at the core of what I'm saying I would say that the the reason that engineering management tends to struggle in a lot of cases is that they are not approaching people as trust at the core. They're they're treating them like systems that they can program instead of people that need to be led and explained to and who need context. I love that.
0: I love that. That's such a good answer. All right, so let's let's talk about t- hiring real quick, evaluating talent and then we'll get you on your way. So hiring's tough right now. Hiring any level is tough, hiring senior level is tough. How are you guys combating? How are you guys combating speed evaluating of talent? Like you guys have things in place where you guys are all on the same page. How are you guys doing the interview process right now? What are you doing well? Maybe what aren't you doing well?
1: So, I think the the thing that we're doing really well is we're establishing data. Um, we have a career ladder and that career ladder is very clear about to be senior. You need to be, you know, clearing these bars. Um, we are pretty good at our interview loop. We, um, we've kind of established some patterns. What I think we could do better at is more systems to make this faster, because I think the way that we treat it is the way that you should, where we don't want to waste a candidate's time and we don't want to waste too much of our internal time because, you know, we got to interview a lot of people to find the right candidate. Um, and we can't make somebody's entire job interviewing. So we are uh, we are trying to get to the point where we figure out what the proper gates are, and then we batch everything. Hmm. so if if we know that the the gates that we need to clear are a recruiter screen, a hiring manager screen, a technical screen, and then a culture screen where we we have them interview with the rest of the team. Sure. What we might do is batch the recruiting and hiring manager uh, okay. in one day. And then right. we might batch the technical screen and the culture on the next day, but okay. we also know that we can pull the rip cord in between those. So if we yes. get through the technical and it doesn't work, we can just say, thanks, but no thanks. And we cancel the, the rest of the day, Absolutely. we're not currently good at that. So it ends up being spread out across multiple weeks Got- instead oh, yeah. of being spread over a couple of days. Right. And That has hurt us. We've had people accept other offers because they, the other team moved faster. We didn't get yeah. to an offer. Um, the other thing that I think is uh, is really important for us is getting clear on how to interview for like being a functional member of a team. Because a lot yeah. of times we interview for whether or not you can code. And right. being able to code is important. But the more important thing is, are you a jerk? Like, are do you func- why are you leaving your last job? Are you leaving because you needed a growth opportunity? Or are you leaving because you alienated all your coworkers because you were a brilliant asshole? Like we, you know, how do we, how do we suss that out in our interview process? And so what what I would like to see is a little more interview training. Like what kind of questions should you ask? So instead of asking people to estimate what they want or what they will do, start asking story-based questions. Tell me about a time oh you had a, a conflict with a coworker. Tell me about a time you had an idea that was better than your managers and they didn't believe you, what did you do? And if their answer is, you know, I got the data and I wrote a proposal and I worked around it and I overcame their objections, that's great. We want that person. If your answer was, I hated them and I told them they suck and then I quit. Okay, well, probably not going to work out here either because appreciate <laughs> the honesty, right? So it's 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 that sort of stuff that you know if if we get good at asking those questions, then we can we can short circuit our interview cycles faster. You know, and, and those are, that's a, but it's hard. It is a challenging thing. To Why do. do you
0: think, so in my opinion, I think hiring, evaluating talent is one of the most key, one of the more key essential things for organizations, especially right now, especially in tech right now. Mm-hmm. My dad's a restaurant owner. He's having a hard time evaluating good talent, yeah. right? I mean, it's everywhere right now. Why do you think companies don't spend a lot of time doing that? When essentially, if you think about it, it is like the core in building a successful organization.
1: I think it's hard. I think a lot of people uh, assume that they are not good with people, and that makes them bad at at assessing people. Yeah. Um, I think that some people believe that all that matters is that you can do the job. Uh, I think that some people, you know, they assume that uh, that the team will shape the people they hire, and so if they bring people into a culture, the culture will change them, and not the other way around. Mm-hmm. Um, I, but I, I ultimately think at the at the heart of it, it's you know, if you look at a if you look at somebody. Who has always thought of themselves to be a computer programmer and the core of their identity is like, I'm introverted, I I'm not great with people, you know, whatever, then they're looking for somebody that they want to hang out with and not somebody that they want to work with. And I, I think that this is this is the the challenge, right? Is like you you have this tendency to default to people that you like. And so. To tell somebody, you know, hey, I know you don't think you're good with people, but actually being good with people is a skill you can learn. Then that forces somebody to confront their identity if they feel like they've suffered because they're not comfortable talking to people. Yeah. If, they, if they have to admit that that's a skill they could have learned and that like they could have saved problems or that like their relationships that are suffering right now because they're not good at communicating could be solved by learning to communicate people tend to buck on that. They're like, well, that's clearly not how it works. You know, I, I just get a, I get a feeling and I trust my gut. Right. Like, you know, those sorts of things are, it's hard. Um, and, and the other part of it too is instincts. Like, you know, the, if you look into my eyes, you can see the, the sadness and pain that I have caused through being bad at interviewing. And a lot of that has built a set of instincts where when I'm talking to somebody. (laughs) <laughs> Looking into my you really eyes can't tell, you know, if you're talking to somebody in an interview you you'll hear them say like they'll say a phrase in a certain way and that little radar in your head goes off and he goes oh okay all right i need to dig into that because that's a yep. yellow flag and then you uncover by asking a follow-up question like holy crap this person will throw their team all the way under the bus yep. um but if you don't have that instinct if you don't have that little thing that goes "Bing, oh that's not right you need to dig into that mm-hmm. but you only learn that by getting it wrong Right. Um, And and that's the other thing about retaining talent. You don't want to lose that institutional knowledge. What went wrong before? If that goes out the door, nobody's writing that down. Nobody's got that. And you can't write down gut feel, right? Like you, you need people with experience to train people. And in that panel interview afterward, they go, Hey, you like raised the yellow flag. And I didn't understand why can you talk about that? That's where that, you know, we need that knowledge. But if we keep losing all of our top talent, if we keep losing the people who we need to retain the most how we never learn that you know and that's the thing that i think that's the thing that is the most painful about like the the average career length that companies dropping down to you know 18 to 24 months is yeah. it's so hard to get that like really good institutionalized culture of like we act like this we we have these skills and like really training people up you know
0: yeah I love it. I love it. All right, Jason. I looked at the time. It's already one thirty. So I appreciate you coming on, man. One thirty Central. That is. Uh, I appreciate you coming on, man. This was wonderful. Um, I, I obviously the comments have. I'm so behind on all the comments, but again, <laughs> I mean, there's so many good posts and thoughts. So again, Jason, thanks for coming on. Let's definitely stay in touch. Um, and also, I definitely want that hat. So send me a link on how I can buy that hat because I love it. Um, but I appreciate it. Um, I think you've shared some wonderful knowledge and, um, I'm looking forward to continue following you, following you through your journey.
1: Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. This was a, this was a blast. All right, man. Have a good one.